You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, New York Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio. Please like, share, and subscribe on YouTube, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts across the Big Blue View Radio network. All right, we're going to talk about uh, a subject that that everyone in uh, in Giants Nation is interested in these days. We're going to talk about the struggling Giants offensive line, and, and here to help me do that is former Giants offensive lineman. Rich Soybert, and I really, really appreciate Rich coming on the show. Rich, thank you for coming on. How you doing? Hey, yeah, thanks for having me. I'm doing well, right? Just uh, living the life of a high school football coach, so everything's and, going well. And you told me off the air that that, that your team's good this year, so so you got a smile on your face. Think things are good. Yeah, every week is uh, a new week. You know how it goes in football, and um, you got to have short memories, and you got to move on. So I'm excited. The kids are uh, playing hard. I'm happy for them. Um, it's it's a lot better when you're playing well and winning games. Absolutely, and uh, you, you watch the Giants, and you know that uh, last year nine seven and one, ten eight and one, including a playoff win. Last year was a lot better than this year's been so far, and and di- one of the the direct reasons for the struggles so far this year has been has been. The, the play of the offensive line. I think Daniel Daniel Jones is on pace to be to be sacked a historic number of times, ninety something times. They're on pace to to give up more than a hundred sacks, which I think they'd be only the second team in NFL history to do that. Uh, let me just start with a generic question: what What are you seeing? when you watch this offensive line? Is it talent? Is it communication? Is it inexperience? Is it coaching? Is it some combination of all of it? Uh, I think the last thing you said, right? I think um, it's a little bit of everything, I'd imagine. You know, obviously, I'm not in that room. I watched the games like all the fans do. Uh, mm-hmm. I went to home games. I sat in the stands. I watched them. Um, they just got to figure it out. I don't know if it's they need more reps together. They got some injuries. They got guys playing. They didn't get many reps with them in preseason. Um, the scheme, right? There's got to be ways where the coaches can help those guys out a little bit. Um, not having Barkley playing obviously hurts, right, the run game and that stuff. So if you can run the football, it makes it easier to pass pro and all that good stuff. Um, they got to put more time in. They got to work more together. Uh, like it, It's hard not being in that room to put a finger on what's wrong, mm-hmm. you know? I know uh, the the clip everybody was saying where the tackle was, you know, not blocking the DN. He was he was coming back down, but that could be the protection, right? The, the linebacker get right. out of trolley. I know we had trolleys when I played where if the linebacker came, somebody's got to run a hot route. He's got to get rid of the football. So you don't know who's at fault uh, half the times, right? Unless a guy just gets right. beat off the line of scrimmage, but right, um, it's tough unless you know the scheme. If you, if you know who's blocking, I played that position, right? Um, 
we worked well together and mm-hmm. it just seems like they're not, they're not working that great right now together. So hopefully they can figure this out so we can uh, have a good three quarters of the season. There you go. I looked at that play and I'm actually in the process of writing something. And in and, and, and the phrase that I used in, in looking at that particular play was that it was almost like a microcosm of everything. You had you had a player get beat in one on one matchup. You had a player get beat. You had either a miscommunication or an assignment error on one side. And you had two players who aren't used to playing together fail to pass off a stunt on the other side. Um, I'm just curious, you know, how how difficult is it in this NFL versus when you played, you know, for guys to to come together? The practice rules and time spent together is so different, especially for these young guys. It is, right? I don't know what the time restraints are on them now or days they can practice in the off season. But we made, we got most of our work done before August, right? We, we were back in at the end of March, April and May. Um, I remember when I was young, you know, Jim McNally had us out in the bubble doing um, line drills together. It was just the old line going up there for a couple hours a day and then going back in the meeting rooms on our own time and, and, and figuring things out. Um, I know the off seasons, they're different now. They're shorter. So I think for a young offensive lineman, especially, when you have a few of those guys need to gel together, I think the time they're not getting in the off season is really hurting them. Um, I was lucky that the times that I, the, the years that I played, you know, the um, we were there in the off season. We didn't go anywhere. We didn't go down south. We didn't go to Arizona or Florida to work out. We all trained at the uh, Giants facility and uh, we ate breakfast together. We watched film together. We worked out together. We did drills together, right? And yeah, we didn't have pads on, but footwork is the most important thing, working with your bodies. And, you know, I, I got more sets with David and Sean playing next to me in the off season than I ever did once the season started. So um, that hurts, but no excuses. Every team's the same, right? So right. Um, other teams have injuries too. And, you know, the next guy just has to be ready to go. Um, you you, you, you got to be on the same page. I think it's, you know, I know it's an old cliche, but it's five guys working together like your hand, you know, five fingers and all that good stuff. But it really is. You have to know where your help is. You have to know when you're getting help. You have to know when you're not getting help. Um, you have to see the defense. You got to see the linebacker shifting over so you know which way your guys are going. Um, it's a mental game. And obviously looking looking at, you know, they have the physical attributes to play on the offensive line, right? Like it looks, right. They're, they're all, they all look the part and, you know, um, I know they're they're not happy in that room right now. To imagine, right? And uh, mm-hmm. they're trying they're trying to figure it out. So hopefully, you know, hopefully with with Pew being signed or whatnot, and you know maybe he can help him out with the leadership role. And he's a veteran that's that's played a long time. It's just got to be difficult, you know. You guys also had the benefit of the fact that it seemed like year after year, the same five guys were next to each other almost every snap. It has yeah. to be it has to be difficult. When, you know, every week there's, there's a different guy in the line. There's, there's, you don't know who's next to you each week. You know, we always had seven or eight guys, right? It's just not the starting five. We had, we always had um, starters that were, that were backing us up, right? I don't really like calling them backups because they played a lot of football with Gray Rugemer, right? Was there for a while and Kevin Booth, you know, until he became a starter um, and so on and so on. All, all those guys were ready to play. Like we had Bobby Whitfield as a backup tackle that played a lot of football for us. Um, I don't even know how many linemen they have in their roster, but when it's mm-hmm. nine, ten guys, usually right, like right. they're all, they all got to be getting enough reps, right? So mm-hmm. 
Um, or they got to find new guys to come in and get the job done, right? I know when I was playing, they always brought guys in to try them out and try to take my job away. And, you know, that self-pride where you don't want to give up your spot. Right. Every, mm-hmm. I think every you had me being cut, Ed, right? Right, all, right. All, Absolutely. Like, the media world and all those websites that I like to look at when I played. But, um, you know, I, I always use that as motivation, right? Whenever they brought mm-hmm. somebody to work out and, oh, they're bringing a garden tomorrow. Great. You know, it's, um, you know, you have to pull me off that field. I, you know, this, the self-pride of, of being an NFL football player for the New York football giants has to be enough to get you through it. Absolutely. Let me ask you this, and and I didn't really bring you on to to talk quarterback play, but we're seeing, you know, everybody pretty much acknowledges this year that we've seen what people want to call regression from Daniel Jones. And just how much of that is how much of that is is offensive line related you know when you're under when you're under pressure like that i mean do you is is it just human nature you know as as a as a quarterback to to begin to look at the rush to uh to to maybe regress in your fundamentals a little bit um i've never played that position i i, I can honestly say that i play a little bit of scout team quarterback in practice for my <laughs> when the old line's not blocking in front of you, it makes it hard. Um, yeah. I like Daniel Jones. I think he's a good football player. I think he's a good person. I just think if you put anybody back there and you get them hit repeatedly over and over again, your clock is, has to be messed up in your in your head, right, throwing a football. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if you if you sit there and got in 10 car accidents every day, you're going to be afraid to drive your car. So mm-hmm. um, you, you have to give them time, right? Obviously – you know, the, uh, the, you know, throwing a pick or interception and stuff. It's, there's so many variables on whose fault it is. I know I was probably reliable for a couple of Eli's picks over the years by giving up a pressure or a tip ball or, or, or not blocking my assignment. So, um, offensively, you have to work together, right? Quarterback, right. running back, line, receivers. Everybody's got to be on the same page where on the defensive side of the ball, you could have 10 mistakes, but one guy makes a great play. It, it looks like the defense is awesome. And, you know, offensively, is a different, a, di- a different ball where, I don't know. I don't know how your quarterback can play well when he's when he's taking that many sacks, right? I, I believe you said you know they're on pace to to whatever set the record or whatnot. But mm-hmm. I want to say Houston probably had the record right when Dave Carr was a rookie. Right, got seven, got seventy-six. Yeah, right. seventy-six. And I think Daniel's on pace to get sacked more than ninety times. You know, Dave Carr was one of our backup quarterbacks when I played, and uh, it had to suck, right? Being back there that whole year just getting. <laughs> getting hit so he'd be a great guy to talk to about the quarterback getting hit in the pocket because uh he was there as a rookie with a with a new team with when houston was a with the uh whatever the, the uh, new team in the league and all that stuff but uh it can't be fun right no. it's like an old lineman getting beat every play like sooner or later you're just gonna mess up on technique because you're just trying to make up for it support for this show comes from sylvan learning as a parent you want your child to have every opportunity But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school 
that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Rich, let's talk about some of the the individuals on the offensive line. And, and let me start with Justin Pugh, since you mentioned him earlier. What, and I don't know, you know, I've talked to Justin. I know that he wants to play. You know, he's still, he's 33 now. He's coming off a torn ACL. I don't know if he's the player that he was, you know, a couple of years ago, but just if the Giants are able to, if he's ready to play, what can he give to, you know, to some of these young players around him, you know, to, to a guy like Evan Neal, to a guy like John Michael Schmitz, what can he give that can help this offensive line? I think his leadership, right? I think uh, how to be a professional, how to, how to act on the field and off the field and in the meeting room and how to watch tape and how to break down tape and how to put the time in, um, you know, Justin, this is going to be his 11th year in the league. Is my I correct by that? Yes. Um, so he was around, you know, 10 years ago, he was in that locker room. I just missed him. Right. I believe. Mm-hmm. Yep. 2013. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've talked to Justin on social media or whatnot. And, um, I've always actually followed the offensive lineman. So I know who he is and all that good stuff. Um, but I think maybe just the accountability factor, right. Uh, mm-hmm. he's been on that. Um, yeah, he's coming off the ACL. Can he, can he get in there and help the team? I'm sure he could just by his, his leadership or he, he's seen that before he's blocked that look before um, maybe get him on the right track. But uh, obviously I don't know what he's been doing for the last few weeks, like game shape and, and uh, if he can make it through a few games without, you know, waking up in the morning and all that good stuff, <laughs> uh, getting out of bed, right. Getting out of bed. Um, it doesn't get easier as we get older, Rich. It gets harder, but uh, obviously he wants to play, right. Um, he's there. And I'm sure he's got a good attitude and, you know, I'm, I'm hoping he can just help those guys obviously on the field, but more importantly in that meeting room and, and off the field stuff that nobody sees is behind the door stuff. So let's, let's talk a little bit about Evan Neal. And I don't want to talk about his, his hamburger hot dog flipping rant the other day. I want to talk about Evan Neal, the football player. Everybody thought that this guy was a, was a, a no-brainer pick, was a lock to be a good right tackle. And it it just hasn't worked so far. And and I I'm gonna guess that you haven't watched a lot of Evan Neal's film. But just when 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 you watch him play, what do you see? I see what everybody else sees. Um that's it, tough, right? I think he's he's still a young, a young guy in the league and he's still developing, he's still learning. Um, everything I've read or, or heard about him, he puts the time in. He watches all of his plays. He he wants to be the player that everybody wants him to be, and you know he could be pressing himself too much, which is hurting him. Or I I think he just needs to go back to the old my old philosophy, right? If you're not having fun playing the game of football, while you're playing for, so you know just have fun playing. And mm-hmm. and and he is a good enough athlete to play that position, a good enough player to play that position. Um, he's got all the tools there, so. Um, I'm hoping with all the mistakes that all those guys are making, right? We don't know what mistakes they're making because we're not sitting there breaking down the tape or, or grading them or know the scheme, mm-hmm. but hopefully they're learning from them and, uh, every week they're improving, right? That's all you can ask for. 
And I think he still has a chance to be a good football player. And I, I hope he is, right? Um, mm-hmm. Playing in New York, being a high draft pick, it, it can't be easy with all the media. And you just have to block that out and, and do your job and, and worry about yourself and worry about your teammates. You know, you've said this a couple times, Rich, that that we don't know exactly what's going on in the room. We don't know exactly what the assignments are. And, you know, I have guys on my staff who break down film and 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 talk to people and and try to try to figure out who was responsible for what. And and everybody on the internet has a theory when they watch a play. But it just you know, how much of that is how much of that I guess what I want to ask is, do we just need to sit back and say we don't know who was responsible and and and, no, and let the coaching staff kind of figure it out? No, I think you guys can make your assumptions, right? You guys always will, and people will, like fans will, myself, I'll make my assumptions too. And um, but I, I like it's at every level, right? High school, college, and the pros. Everybody wants to be a sideline coach, and everybody thinks they know what's best for everybody, and. Like, if you don't know the play, if you don't know the design, you don't know the what's behind it, it's pretty hard to say who's at fault, right? If I overset a three-technique playing guard because I'm thinking Sean's going to be on the inside of me, but he's not there, and I get beat inside, everybody thinks I got my ass beat, right? Mm-hmm. But the coach would be like, Sean, you're supposed to be there. That's what he's. That's why he's oversetting him. So it's all the, I don't think the little things you can really – unless the guy just gets beat, right? Like you're here right. to tackle the guard slide in the other direction. But, you know, like you have to, like I, I started off before saying you got to know where your help's coming from. And maybe that helps not there because the other guy's making a mental error. So who knows who's making mental errors, right? Who knows right. if the receiver was supposed to run a hot route when he was, you know, it looked like he had a trolley on because we had the same stuff, right? It looked like he was trolling the linebacker. The linebacker stepped up. He had to come down for him. The end comes free, throw the football, right? Maybe the guy didn't run the route. Right, maybe the quarterback didn't see it. Maybe he wasn't supposed to trolley it. I don't know. I didn't call mm-hmm. the play, mm-hmm. but that's that's that always frustrated me when I played, and it uh, I laugh about it now. Right when I hear people talking about plays, and um, yeah, you, the eye in the sky don't lie, but you have to know what's behind that play before you can make your assumptions. Absolutely. Let me ask you about uh, Josh Azudu and kind of put your put your teammate hat on for a minute. Azudu's playing left tackle in place of Andrew Thomas, who's a great player. And we all know that some of the Giants' offensive line struggle is because an all-pro left tackle isn't playing. All right. Josh Azudu, I feel bad for the kid. And I've been honest about this. I think he's a guard. He's a he's a guard playing left tackle, which is the most difficult position on the line. Trying to trying to protect Daniel Jones' blind side, maybe he doesn't belong out there. But I feel bad for him. He gave up three sacks uh, the other night against Seattle, and was pretty emotional about it. Gave up the sack the other day that that ended up with Daniel Jones getting injured, and, and was pretty emotional about it. Put your teammate hat on for a minute and tell me how you support a player like that. How you help him as a teammate. Because it's not like the Giants can cast him aside. He has to keep playing. Yeah, I think he hit in the head. I think he's a guard as well, right? So Mm -hmm. if the team thinks he's the best option to play left tackle, that's why he's playing left tackle. It's like an honor to play that position being a guard. Because if everybody in that room knows you're a guard and they're asking you to play left tackle, obviously you're the best one they have available, right? Mm -hmm. Um, 
you just tell them to block out the noise, right? Just keep keep doing what you're doing. Um, but you know that, that that's a guy guard playing left tackle that you need to find a way to get him help, right? You need to chip and you need to put somebody next to him and you need to slide to him. You, you need to find a way to help help him out a little bit. Uh, it's funny. Um, I forgot who I was talking to last week, but I remember Coughlin came in and he goes, "Hey, listen, if something happens to Dave, you might have to go to left tackle this week." I looked at him. He'd be like, "You better find a different left tackle." <laughs> like. Uh, it's, 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 that's, that's a tough change, right? And I know guys over the years have complained about going from the left guard to the right guard or left tackle, to right tackle or center to guard, you know, but I think going from left tackle to right tackle is easier and going from right guard to left guard is easier, but for going from a guard to a tackle, it's, it's different, right? And if you haven't gotten many sets and practice against that speed and especially now with the speed coming off the edge, um, I would tell him if I'm his teammate to block out the noise and just keep, keep improving and, you know, say, hey, we'll find a way to, to give you some help out there. And, you know, we'd be kicking Hey, we need to slide out there. Let me go ear hole that guy. If I'm playing guard next to him, like, I want a 76 protection. I want to be able to slide out there and hit, you know, ear hole is the end a few times to slow him down for him. Um, but it, it's tough. I, I, like, I think he's a good football player. He's a good guard, right? He's a good mm-hmm. guard. Um, and they have him playing a tackle, which – which sucks, but obviously he's the best guy in that room that they think that can play that position. So they're pretty much handcuffed, right? Absolutely. And you played with a guy who could play everywhere across the line and do an adequate to better than adequate job in, in David Deal. And and I guess, you know, how rare is a guy like that to be able to to be able to play good football pretty much everywhere across the line? Yeah, I think it takes a few years to get to that spot, right? Um, Dave started a guard, and then he went out to right tackle, and then he became a left tackle, right? Um, I think over the over the years you're in the league, I always say the first year you're just worried about your own job. Your second year you start worrying about the guy next to you, and by your third and fourth year you kind of get the scheme of what everybody's doing on every play. And I think once you get to that point, you know, it makes it easier to play other positions. And Dave obviously did a great job. Um you know, uh, he could play anywhere, right? Guard, tackle. He never played center, but a little tall for that. But um, I'm sure he could have. Um, but that's the kind of guys you need to find, right? Like, I don't know, if you're scouting offensive linemen and you have your five starters, your next three guys better be able to play different spots and you better be able to move them around and they better be able to give you, you know, feasibility. So, um, you know, you got to find a way to, to uh, scout linemen right, to bring in linemen that can help you in different scenarios. That's happening this year, and it seems like every year, right, guys go down, and we don't have guys that can go in and play different spots. Um, you know, it's frustrating for all of us, and hopefully they can find a way to get through it. And I guess the last thing I'll say about Azudu is the thing that you mentioned about experience is I think people have to remember this is a second-year player who finished last year on IR, so he hasn't played a whole lot of NFL football. So he's in a really, really difficult spot. He is, and I'm, and you know, just seeing him after that game, right, or hearing about him after the game. Obviously, he cares about it, and he's putting the time and effort in, or else he wouldn't be emotional, right? Right. Like, guy that doesn't care, he would put his suit back on, put a smile on his face, and walk back out the locker room door and think nothing happened. So he, he's taking it personal. Obviously, he's upset at himself, and he wants to. He wants to play. It's not like he wants to give up sacks, right? Like, right. Sometimes people think, oh, you give another sack. What's he doing? I'm like, he doesn't want to get beat. Like, who wants to get beat? Nobody likes to get beat. So. Um, he seems like he has a good attitude and he, he'll work his ass off and, and, and he'll find a way to do it. So last thing, Rich, really, I mean, do you have, 
you look at this line, you look at, you know, there's injuries, there's guys shuffled around here and there. Do you, do you have optimism that, that they'll get it right, that they have some talent and that, that they, that by the end of the year, they can at least play, you know, adequate, adequate football and, and, and sort of give themselves a chance to play the kind of offense that, that they thought they would play. My glass is always half full, right? As a fan, as a coach, as a player. Uh, I think they can, right? Um, obviously, you know, the last couple of weeks is frustrating. But if you look at who the Giants have played, right, and their records right now and all that stuff, right, they played at San Fran, they played Dallas at home, right, they played at Miami, right? I don't think, even if we're healthy, I don't think many people are giving us a chance against Miami this year anyways, right? Let's right. We can make it just for them. So, um yeah, my glass is half full, but they, you know, they got to go to Buffalo, another tough place to go play. I remember playing up in Buffalo. They love their football up there. They have a good football team, so that's going to be a tough one for them. But, you know, find a way to complain, play competitive, get it into the fourth quarter with a chance to win and see what happens. I just think they need to, you know, stay in the game and, and, and since I was talking to them, they play old school Giants football, right? Play great defense, run the football, control the clock, don't turn it over, do a little play action passes, get out of the pocket, right? And uh, win a game 17 to 14. That's a little bit of that's a little bit of of the formula that that they had last year was you know yeah. conservative offense keep it close and this this year's been different but uh, but that was Giants I, football I thought that I thought they kind of tried to start getting back to that Sunday against Miami yeah, but it's a different team right like right. when we were playing Eli looked over to his left and he had Brandon Jacobs standing next to him and pass pro where Brandon was just as big as we were right he could play the thump on somebody if somebody ever got through or a linebacker blitzed and. You know, we had tight ends that could put their hand in dirt and want to get dirty and, and run block. Um, team's a little different makeup, so it's going to be harder to do, obviously. But, you know, I'm sure those coaches will find a way, right? They're, I'm sure they haven't slept in the last three weeks, and they're in that office, and, you know, they're drawing up, you know, the, the, the magical formula, and hopefully it works. And so, yeah, my glass is half full. I think they can turn this around, but it's got to start sooner rather than later, <laughs> right? Uh, absolutely. Got, got Buffalo, and then what, what they got Washington, and then the Jets, right? Yep. So find a way to go win at Buffalo and maybe you can win, you know, two, three games in a row. And then mm -hmm. everybody forgot about what happened. And then we find a way to squeak out a few more. So, you know, nine wins. Yeah. Tough now you got behind the eight ball, but you know, I, I, I think uh, in the NFL, like we all know, anything can happen, right? Look at Detroit last year. Where do they start off at? And they ran them off at the end of the season. They missed the playoffs by a game, but now they're, you know, they're four and one or whatever they mm -hmm. are. So, and I think, know, I think I think you make a good point there too when you talk about Detroit because I think you still have to remember that this is the second year with Joe Shane and Brian Dayball and that maybe last year was was better than anticipated. Maybe to this point this year hasn't been quite as good as anticipated, but it's still a building process and it's still about where they're going, not necessarily where they might be. Yeah, you know, it is second year's coaches, right? Um, I like this coaching staff. I think they're a good group of coaches, and I think they're doing everything they can to uh, figure this out. You know, obviously, that's everybody's job, and, um, you know, that's the beauty about football. You forget about last week and you move on to this week, and uh, hopefully, those guys in that room do the same thing and they come out as a different team. All right, Rich, I appreciate the time. Giants fans, thank you as always for, uh, for listening. Please stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.